We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Live edition of the Field of 68. This is the DTF podcast. Yes, it is the Doster TO and Fanta podcast. We are live here, 11 a.m. on Wednesday, June 28th. I have John Fanta with me. I have Terrence Ogles with me. My name is Rob Doster, and we have a lot to get to. It's been a while since we talked to you guys. We got to talk about Kentucky's. Uh, they're getting some veterans. They got a couple fifth-year guys coming in, Trey Mitchell, and a couple uh, and a one fifth-year guy coming back in Antonio Reeves. We got to talk about Javon Quinterly. We got to talk about Jordan Brown, who just committed to Memphis. And of course, I'm going to get Fanta's definitive list of the best July Fourth songs and the best foods for a July Fourth barbecue. But before we get into any of that, guys, the big news of the last week in college basketball was none other than Bob Huggins on Friday night. About 10 days ago, uh, he got pulled over for a DUI. Um, we all know the story by now. He blew up uh, 0.21, um, and it ended up costing him his job. Um, the they hired, How hammered is 0.21? Very hammered. That's hammered, hammered? Very hammered. Yes. I've, never, very hammered. I've never taken a, a breathalyzer test, yeah, so I have no idea. That is, uh, that's probably like a blackout, borderline blackout. Is it really? Blackout. Wow. Yeah. Like, doesn't. He didn't know what city he was in. He didn't know what city he was in. But look, we don't have to rehash the details. I do want to talk about this, though. Josh Eiler was hired to replace him. Um, T.O., I'll go to you first. Are you Where do you stand on West Virginia's decision to uh, bring in an assistant coach who's been with the program for more than a decade? And where are you on Bob Huggins and his uh, his his career um, ending? Uh, I'll start with the coaching thing first. I was a little shocked that they didn't do uh, Everhart and have him be a part. Uh, I think part of that is is they want to give a new guy a chance. Maybe Huggins had some influence there to give a guy who's been loyal for, what, 10 years, 13 years, however long he's been there, uh, give him a chance to really coach. And I, I think that's a that's a cool thing that the university did. Uh, the reason I'm shocked that it was him as opposed to Everhart is because Everhart's been a head coach before. Uh, and really, at this point of year, what you're really trying to do is keep this train on the tracks. Because if you look at their roster, at least before all these departures, that was a borderline top 25 roster mm -hmm. in college basketball. And you were kind of wondering, hey, how exactly is this all going to play out? Well, now we're seeing how it's going to play out. Uh, Trey now leaving to Kentucky. And, you know, they've been able to keep, hang on to a couple of pieces, but there's going to be a few more leave. Uh, I think that's uh, the most surprising thing. Uh, I am 
happy for a young coach to get his opportunity. I think that's awesome. And then uh, to go with Bob Huggins and his legacy and what he's done. I, I've talked to a couple of former players, James White, uh, James Flight White, for those who remember, played for him at Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. And he was one of these guys that, that raved about Huggins and the kind of person and kind of coach he was and how much he cared about his guys. Uh, this is a co with, coach with a complicated situation, but this is also a coach that did a lot of good for a lot of people. Uh, that all being said, he won a lot of games. Uh, this was probably as bad of a three-month stretch as a guy in the spotlight could potentially have, not named Charlie Sheen. So it's like one of these things where, you, you know, the problem is is drunk driving is is never good, ever good. Um, and, and the a bigger problem with it is a lot of times if there was a wreck or something, it's not usually the person that's been drinking. It's the other person that did nothing. So like that's kind of you're not just putting yourself in danger. You're putting somebody else. Uh, the comments that he made uh, earlier this year, uh, also fairly brutal given today's current climate. Uh, but, you know, some of these basketball coaches, they live in a hole. So like it, who knows if he could really gather uh, how much what he said mattered at the time. That all being said, it was still bad. Uh his legacy, as far as I'm concerned, uh, has been dampened a little bit with this end, but this is a guy who took some rough guys and put them in good situations to succeed. It's just, it's almost like he knew it was almost time to retire and he found a way to do it without him doing it, if that makes sense. And kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy of sorts. And I know you guys don't necessarily agree with me there, but yeah, I, I think he... I think he was getting close and it was a matter of, you know, how exactly is this going to work? And, and it's tough. Now I, I just, I do think this put a damper on his career, but giving the, the previous, you know, 35, 40 years, however long he was in it, uh, he's done a lot of good, but, but this last two months has almost been unforgivable. Yeah. It's, it's a disastrous end. It is an all time fall for a legendary figure in college sports history. Because when you think about these figures, college sports is defined by coaches. Coaches define eras. They they define what a school is. Whereas in the NBA, it's a player-run league. The players drive everything. When we talk college football, when we talk college basketball, you're going to start with the coaches because that coach is going to have the best shot to lead school X to success. Nobody matched their school quite like Bob Huggins matched West Virginia. There's a synonymous nature to leader and school. You it, Had I asked you guys a year or two ago, well, do you think that West Virginia – whatever grow stale of Bob Huggins and do of course not you would have said are you crazy there's no way shape or form that he goes out on anything other but his terms which was coming down the pipeline anyways that's what's so sad about this T.O. and Rob is that this was going to happen at some point he was going to retire. He could have had that dramatic walkout in Morgantown out of the tunnel for his final game. 
And you could have seen all his former players, whether it be West Virginia or another school. Bob's the type of guy, he's got relationships with everybody. Do you imagine the the other players from other places, Cincinnati and so on and so on, that, that would have come back for him? So it's it's a really unfortunate, disastrous downfall. And it was sad to watch all that play out. And I hope that Bob does whatever he needs to do to get the help uh, that he does need. I, I, I want to say one thing, Fanny. You said that it was a little bit of an unfortunate situation. I think that there was a nature of – it was lucky in a sense. And the reason I say that is that if you're driving at .21, right, if you are that drunk when you're behind the wheel, if you are drunk enough that you are blowing out tires and you don't know how you blew out the tires, that you have Burger King in your car, you don't remember how you got the Burger King from 30 minutes away, uh, that you think you are in a city that is three hours away um, – you're drunk enough to to kill somebody behind the wheel. And given that he uh, already lost a job prior to West Virginia because of getting a DUI, I think it's safe to assume that he probably didn't get arrested for DUI the only two times that he drove drunk, right? So there's he's lucky that, that the worst thing that happened was that he blew out a tire and he lost a job at 69 years old. Sure. Um, sure. So I, I, I do think that, in a sense, Huggins is lucky that the worst thing that happened was he lost his job. Now, I do just want to say, like, his daughter, um, I don't know if you guys saw her 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 rant that she posted on social media um, where she basically just said, my dad is an alcoholic. I, I was texting with a buddy of mine um, who, uh, who got sober about six years ago, right, for a lot of different reasons. But the main one was that when he would drink, he was he basically just couldn't control it. And um, I'll read the text that he sent to me. Uh, He said, um, I can confirm after lots of research that normal people don't drink like Bob Huggins drinks. Normal people don't blow a 0.21 when they are getting behind the wheel. That's not something that you're going to do if you uh, don't have an issue with alcohol. And I can say pretty comfortably that if alcohol has caused you to lose two jobs, right, that paid seven figures if your inability to control your drinking has led you to get multiple duis and has basically torpedoed your career then you have a problem with with alcohol you have a problem with drinking so um i hope that the 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 bottom line is to me the bigger stain on him to you is the uh is is what he said in that radio interview um because i just think that he needs I hope he gets the help that he needs to be able to curb the the alcohol abuse because I think that that is something where um, a lot of us kind of have to look in the mirror and say we have uh, part of his part of the charm part of what made Huggy Bear Huggy Bear was you could sit at a bar with him and drink until three a.m. Right, that's part of part of his charm, and I think it may have been something where uh, it allowed a lot of people to enable behavior that maybe wasn't the best behavior in the world does that make sense yeah i think people enjoy being around him i i would uh i want to say this as eloquently as possible without i i the the driving drunk thing scares me more than some language because then feelings are hurt as opposed to potentially killing somebody you know that's what i'm saying is this like i think that has more to do with a drinking problem and i think that um I think that addiction is something that's very different than 
than a choice of lens. Does that make sense? Like, I think that addiction is something that is a health issue as opposed to just being either way. We don't have to go into that direction. Let me ask you guys this. When it comes to hiring the interim, do you think they made the right decision to I think the interim's wrong, but when it comes to hiring the assistant, did they make the right decision to bring them in as opposed to going out and getting a big name coach? Fanda, we'll go to you first. Well, I don't think interim is the wrong term because they, they put in the release, they put in the headline of their release that they've hired Josh Eilert as their interim head coach for the 2023-24 season. So that should tell you what their vision is in this process. The fact is, if if you're looking at West Virginia's lens, they see Josh Eilert as a one-year option here in an attempt to try to keep as many of the roster pieces together. But you combine that with the fact that you're conducting a search on June 21st, June 22nd, June 23rd. There's no roadmap for this. There's no roadmap to conduct a coaching search at this stage of the year. Why limit your pool of candidates for the West Virginia head coaching job, which is a very good job in college basketball with NIL resources? You are the act in town, okay? You've got a great brand. You compete in the best conference in college basketball. And I think that when you look at Ren Baker's viewpoint here as the athletic director, he had to make some phone calls to people that he was interested in And based on reporting and based on what we've seen, there at least were a couple of, man, I I built a roster over the last two months. I've been working tirelessly with my staff. I'm finally getting towards my vacation. I like the job. But due to all the circumstances right now, I'm about to do this, that, I got these plans. Can this wait eight months? Can this wait nine months? Uh, You know what? Let's do that. So I I agree with the decision to have Eilert be the, the interim. I'm happy that he gets the opportunity. I wonder, T.O., if Ron Everhart just maybe didn't have the appetite for for filling in his boss's shoes and taking that on in in these circumstances. But you know what? I think this is the right move by West Virginia. With a job that good, why would you limit your pool of options for the long-term future? The best option for West Virginia's long-term program future was to wait until next April to find their permanent head coach. Can I can I push back on that real quick before we go to UTO? The the only counterpoint that and I I'm not I don't disagree. I'm just going to play devil's advocate here because I think that there's valid arguments on each side. But what I would say is this: if Josh Eiler gets West Virginia to like a you know a, a 21 and 10 record, yeah. well if he gets him to a 21 and 10 record, right? If he gets him into the NCAA tournament and he wins a game. Like you're probably in a spot where you got to give him the job, and a la Texas, yeah, a la Texas, a la Wichita State. And look, I love Rodney Terry. I think that he's going to do well there. But I think that Texas is also in a situation where they're saying, like, we if we were if we had this job opening, Rodney Terry wasn't wouldn't want to be the wouldn't be the guy that we wanted to hire. I think you can say the same thing about Wichita State and Isaac Brown. So you're just risking putting yourself in a situation where instead of having the year interim for one for one year, if he has success, then you probably got him for another three on the end of that. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, that, that's kind of the only drawback is if you would have gone Everhart and he had a good year, you could have been like, well, it didn't work out at Duquesne. It didn't work out, you know, elsewhere. That mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think it's – what's the guy's name? Eiler, how do you pronounce it? I, Eiler. Eiler. Like, I, good for him. I mean, he's my age. 
He's been at it for a long time. He's been at that university for a long time. Good for him to get this opportunity. Um, but you do kind of run into a situation where it could pot potentially be like, oh, crap, we got to hire this guy and Andy Kennedy might want the job or, oh, crap, we, we got to hire this guy and Pat Kelsey wants this job. So it might take a little bit. Um, you know, we got to see how it plays out, obviously, but it, that's kind of the the bad portion to all this or not bad, but the kind of the situation you put yourself in just because of it. And I can understand some of these other, other guys not wanting this like Dusty may like what think about him. Why would he leave FAU right now after he's been able to Absolutely. keep that roster? Yeah. To keep that roster together. He can't another, leave. Dusty if, can't leave. Well, that's right. Well, that's the thing. Like, but if they would have offered it to him in April, Dusty could take those players with him. So then you're in a little bit different of a situation. So I think timing is everything. They're going to have their, their their pick. NIL is great at West Virginia. There's a huge fan base. It's the only show in town. Like, football's fine, but they love basketball in West Virginia. Uh, it, it's a heck of a job. I would say it's a borderline top 20, top 20 job, college basketball, just with all the recent additions uh, to what they can do from an NIL perspective, the fan base, that this, that, and a third – Plus, being in that league is huge. Yep. All right. Let's talk about the the transfers heading out because Kirk Carissa, uh into the portal, came back. Joe Toussaint entered the portal um, and is still in the portal. There's a couple other players that are not as uh, big of names that have left the program and have entered the portal. The biggest one, Trey Mitchell, entered the portal. And the second he entered the portal, I think we all kind of heard the same thing, right? Kentucky, Kentucky, Kentucky. So... Uh, Fanna, since we spent two hours talking about Kentucky yesterday, Kentucky. I was about to say, you guys are the most popular guys in Lexington. Yeah, we're, hey, look, you know what? They hated us, but now they love us, right? I don't know about that. I don't know if they love us. <laughs> they grew They grew to like being okay with us. They grew to T. tolerate. They grew T. to tolerate you. T.O., one guy called in and said that, uh, why do I want to hear about Kentucky basketball takes from Drew Carey's sister? <laughs> how good is that? that that's a pretty good one you know you know what's good when you get insulted and and we all have gotten the heat like when you get insulted you can laugh at it that was a really that was funny yeah that, that was one. funny that was a good one yeah <laughs> i've had some too i can't think well, of yeah them you're them you're bald yeah. yeah it's easy but but you got to be creative you can't just come out and be like yeah shut up you're bald eh. and yeah. you're the less athletic of your spouses that's right. That mm -hmm. is a fact. Apparently, yeah. it, it is funny when people jump in the comments and have something to say about CZ Binance and Bitcoin. Yeah, uh, how about that? Know. That was a good one, too. Yeah. That one worked. Our partner for today's episode is Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 during the college basketball season, and I loved the impact that it had on my energy levels. I'm a big coffee in the morning guy, but by the time that the afternoon would hit, I needed another boost. AG1 helped me tremendously, especially on those days when I didn't want to get up off the couch and go hit the gym. Their tagline is AG1 is comprehensive health and the power of habit in one. And man, that could not be more true. It's nearly impossible to eat and drink in a healthy manner in the month of February and the month of March when you are in my business. And AG1 was exactly the supplement that I needed to improve my gut health and cover my nutritional bases for the day. I've continued that into April. I've continued that into May, and I'm going to continue that the rest of the summer. All I have to do is mix a scoop of AG1 with some water or maybe add it into a smoothie and I'm ready to go. 
Do it after lunch, and you'll be ready to go for the rest of the day. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com backslash field68. That's field68, F-I-E-L-D, the number six, the number eight, and you can get yours now. So check it out and help support this show. Thanks. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yep. All right, Fanta, give me your take. Trey Mitchell, Antonio Reeves, uh, they are both going to be on the Kentucky roster next year. There may be another freshman that is committing here soon, um, but now there is actually some veteran presence there. How much does this change Kentucky? Well, we have Kentucky commenters on YouTube today, and uh, they're actually fighting with Memphis fans, which we love. (laughs) Maybe we'll talk about Penny Hardaway at some point in this hour. Why not? Um, Here's the thing. I love it. Frankly, they needed it. Kentucky needed this. If Kentucky does not get Trey Mitchell and they don't have Antonio Reeves return, the offseason is viewed as nothing but a failure, in my opinion. Because 18-year-olds can't do it alone. They can't do it by themselves in today's college basketball climate. I don't care how great they are. In Mitchell... You get a guy who turns 23 in September. He'll be the oldest guy on the team. He's seen it all. It is his fourth school in five years. Now, sometimes there's two sides of that story, too. But this is a guy that in the Big 12 averaged about 12 and 6 or so. He'll provide length. He'll serve a role. He'll start. Antonio Reeves is a guy who had 20-plus points in the NCAA tournament against Providence. Yesterday, Big Blue Nation was, was questioning if he would start next year. He will start because you need him. You need him badly. You needed his perimeter shooting. The fact is Aaron Bradshaw's status is up in the air heading into this season. This foot fracture injury, it gets everybody concerned. And then you start to wonder, T.O., if his circle will get concerned about him playing in a college basketball space when he's got a great pro career ahead of him. Robert Dillingham, D.J. Wagner, There's questions about how all that pans out. In Mitchell and Reeves, on a team with questions to answer, Kentucky got a couple of guarantees in experience and some perimeter shot making. This is needed 
welcome news for John Calipari, and it's a nice charge of momentum here in mm-hmm. late June. I, I think Trey Mitchell's a fine player. He's not Oscar Sheboy. <laughs> Let's right. be I think Trey Mitchell's a fine player. He's not Jordan Brown, who just went to Memphis. So, like – Let's keep it in perspective. He's a good player. Uh, they need a veteran presence inside that's going to talk and do all those little things that you would hope would foster some winning. Um, this is not this uber talent. He's not Oscar. I, I, I hate to say it. He's a good player. He's not Oscar. Uh, Antonio Reeves coming back is huge simply because they they need that uh, space. Uh, is Reed Shepard going to be able to play? Uh, early in his career, and quite frankly, I think he can play. Is Cal going to let him play? So that's a big thing, too. We all know that shooting is not necessarily a prerequisite to playing time for Cal. So um, the roster makeup is still interesting. I I wonder if – is there anybody left? Can they get anybody else? Like, that's kind of – I don't – I don't. so here's – I don't think that they necessarily need anybody else. I don't think there's anyone else in the portal – that makes a ton of sense. Obviously, like getting Javon Quinterly would help because he's a he's a guy that is a proven starter in the SEC. Um, but I don't know if you want to add another piece in there that's going to block the path to minutes for DJ Wagner and Robert Dillingham. I said this yesterday on on KSR. I think what this addition does is significantly raise the floor for Kentucky. Right? Yeah. I without agree. these without these two fifth year seniors, there's very real like the bottom could fall out disaster potential on this team. If Aaron Bradshaw's injury ends up being something that has forces him to have like a Nick Smith kind of a year, right? If DJ Wagner and Robert Dillingham can't fit together, if there's not enough spacing for Justin Edwards to be able to get to the rim, it could be a mess without those two. Um, With those two, you got a floor spacing big that averaged 12 and six in the big 12 at minimum. He's a guy that is is going to be a double-digit score, going to get some rebounds, going to take up 25 to 30 minutes on the front court as a solid piece, good enough piece. Antonio Reeves, average 15 a game in the SEC last year. He's not a point guard, but he is a floor spacer, and he is a guy. Then go out and do things like get 37 like he did against Arkansas last year. This makes you uh, not have to worry about the adjustment of the freshman as much early in the season. It takes some of the pressure off of them having those two guys there. And you get two guys that can space the floor. I think that these are nice additions. Neither of them are stars. I don't think that this necessarily makes Kentucky a anywhere near a preseason top 10 team. I'd have them in that like 19 to 22 range. I don't know if you guys disagree. Um, and I can it, see that, yeah. But, but it allows you some time to be able to let DJ Wagner figure it out, let Robert Dillingham figure it out, let Justin Edwards figure it out, and let Aaron Bradshaw get to the point where he's fully healthy. And I think that that's what you needed more than anything else. So they're going to be good. I don't. I think they're probably fifth in the SEC, but that's better than, you know, they could have been tenth in the SEC. Behind Tennessee, Arkansas, Texas A&M. Alabama. And Alabama. Hmm. Interesting. And then I, I wonder. Think... I wonder who's going to slow these guards down when it gets out of hand sometimes, because we, we like Robert Dillingham. He, he's a competitor now, but he's a he's five eleven, a buck fifty, dripping wet. Like he's not he's not the biggest guy. DJ Wagner, like, is he a pure point guard? Neither one of those guys are in the mold of like an Eric Bledsoe or a John Wall. Which I think that's going to be the first inclination when you have these highly touted mm-hmm. kids. Um, it wasn't a great class. By and large, these are still two very, very good players. Um, I, I'm curious to see how that goes. I, I've always been a big proponent of the settle-down guy who's going to be the guy to calm you down. 
Uh, is Antonio Reeves going to be that guy? He's going to bring it up to court for him. Like he's going to have to a little bit. I can assure you, he will a little bit. But like he's going to bring it up the court and he's going to fire it with eight. Uh, he he he's a shooter, T.O. Yeah, I know that. But but you're going to have to get somebody to slow him down a little bit. I'm curious to know how it goes. I mean, DJ's a very good player. He's not like I remember when his dad came to Memphis. Like Fanta, I think you were like six or seven years old when that happened. But when his dad came to Memphis. Like his dad was a bull. Hey, like, did I ever tell Dewan you my had Dewan... shoulders like this? Like DJ's not quite built like that. Have I ever told you my Dewan Wagner story, T.O.? Well, he scored like a thousand points in a game. It, well, he we played him in an AU tournament. Like we had a a a pretty good AU. We had a kid go to LaSalle. We had a bunch of kids go D one. Tim Abramitis, who played at uh Notre Dame, was two years younger than me in the program. He was you guys with... were the Atlanta Timberwolves of Northeast AAU basketball. And if you were on the scene, you'd know what I was talking about. Like a bunch of mid and lows, and then yeah. you have some other guys sprinkled in. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was they, they were it was we were good enough. And so we play um DJ Wagner's team at a hoop group event. I want to say it was at Villanova. I can't remember if it was Villanova or West Virginia. We went to one of both of them. But it was like the group play, right? And yeah. Uh, so we play him and like, uh, Dewan doesn't show up in the first half and we're playing his team. We're like, we're hanging in there. We're down by like seven in the first half. And I think we're down by like eight at halftime or something like that. Like we're close. We're, we're keeping it respectable against the team with a bunch of dudes. And, uh, he shows up at halftime, right? Shows up. He's got like the, the Tim's on untied. He's got like the jean shorts over the, remember how guys back in the day used to wear oh, yeah. like, jean shorts over their basketball shorts. Just in case. Right? Just, Just in case. case. So he takes off the Tims, he takes off the jean shorts, he put on puts on his basketball shoes, uh, checks in, puts up like 35 in the first eight minutes of the second half. We're down by 30, checks himself out, and leaves before the game is over. And I was just like, <laughs> okay, you know what? That is a different level of basketball player than I can ever be. I need to take a reality check right here. Maybe media is my uh, my avenue in life. <laughs> yeah. There, there were guys who could do that. Like yeah. Tyreek Tyree Evans could do that. Just a, just a freak, man. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. Finish your point. Certain guys are different. I already forgot it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> All right. So, Fanta, what is uh, – real quick, give me one minute on the ceiling for this Kentucky team with Reeves and Mitchell. Well, I, I think that they are a preseason top 25 team, somewhere between like 22 and 25. I, I, I don't think they're a top 20 team. I think there's still too many things for them to figure out. I think a lot of what their ceiling depends on is whether or not Aaron Bradshaw is good to go. Yeah, because John Calipari has said that he believes that Bradshaw before they returned, well, of the freshmen, he believes Bradshaw could be the best shooter of the group. Who said that? John Calipari. That's those are his words. Those are his words. Best shooter of the group of DJ Wagner, Robert Dillingham, and Justin Edwards. So he's not exactly saying that he has like a bunch of guys that are going to be in the three point shooting contest. That already tells me he's he's already forgotten about Reed Shepard. Yep, right. Like, he's right. already forgot about him. So like that that scares me a little bit because Reed can play. Well, exactly, Tio, and I think that the question then is like, you know, we felt this with North Carolina last year uh, of playing time, and maybe certain guys should have gotten a look or an opportunity that did not. I know you had strong feelings about that. But but the fact is that I, I always wonder how you manage the freshman class from a standpoint of how, how much are you willing to go through some growing pains with certain guys that just need some time? But the best thing that could be is to play them, to 
to give Shepard the opportunity to make some shots. I don't mm-hmm. know about that. This comes down to Bradshaw and his health. If Bradshaw's foot fracture lingers, has lingering effects, and causes him to miss significant periods of time, and causes him to to be in a situation where it's it's like Nick Smith of Arkansas this past year, as you brought up uh, eloquently yesterday, Mister Doster. Then then I don't know. Like I I I get very cautious with what I think that they're going to be. Do I think that this is a team that can make the Sweet 16? Well, there's a pool of about 35 that you feel like could do that in today's college basketball. So, yeah, yeah, maybe. But do I think that this is a Final Four team? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think can, I just in- throw, can I just throw out that I think Aaron Bradshaw is going to be a better pro than he's going to be a college player? Yeah. I think you're right. right. You want to know why? Because Cal's going to put him on that – dunker spot <laughs> yeah that's probably why. but well yeah. the, there's there's two there's two big x factors for this team beyond aaron bradshaw and and by the way real quick to do you know who wraps aaron bradshaw rich paul rich paul and clutch okay okay um, so he's gonna be you know, he's gonna be saying he's gonna be staying at the beach house that nick smith was staying in last year that's what i was about to say do you know who rep nick smith rich yep. paul Clutch. Yeah. okay gotcha. yeah, it makes a lot of sense um to me there's two x factors beyond bradshaw's foot one is like what do these freshmen end up being? How good is Justin Edwards really? What is the level of development for Dillingham and Wagner? Um, they're very they, good. Like, like, do they buy they're into? They're very their... good freshmen, but like you're playing against thirty year olds now in today's yeah. college game. Like, do do they do they do they buy into the idea that like you need to kind of be De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk? You need to kind of have like complementary roles, or do they both kind of overlap and try to do the same thing and cancel each other out? Um, but I think that the ceiling is there. Like if all those freshmen end up hitting their ceiling, they're going to have a chance to be really good. The other thing, and I said this yesterday, Fanta, like is Cal going to run some offense that doesn't, isn't from like 2007? Like, is he going to get creative at all? Is there going to be anything new? Because when you look at it in a best case scenario, you could have Antonio Reeves, who's a really dangerous guy running around screens. You could have Trey Mitchell, who is a six, nine, four slash five that can make threes. And Aaron Bradshaw, who's a seven footer that can make threes. Like you can get really creative and space the floor and have some fun, (laughs) different looks offensively. And I just don't think I just don't trust him to actually do that. Like to me, that's the biggest thing. But this well, I don't trust him to do it. But but here's the thing that so I think and and Tio, I'd be curious to get your your thoughts on this. Of course, Rob too. Like we don't care about Rob's thoughts. We do. We care a lot about Rob's. Thoughts. <laughs> no, I'm the uh, hey T- Fana. I'm the host today. I don't have opinions. I'm the host. Yeah. Right. There you go. <laughs> I messed that up. You don't have opinions. No. Um, <laughs> um, so here's the thing. Here's my thing. Fana, there was a joke that I was going to make right there, but I'm just going to let this one slide. I'm just going to let it slide. I'm just going to let it slide. <laughs> um, we'll talk about that at Peach Jam. Um, so, so wait. So, so Tio, like, do you think that that because Cal said this, he said. That the personnel that he's got coming in will allow for him to play the way he really wants to play. You know what's funny? I was about to make that point. I was about to make that point. Like this roster that he's put together with these young players are kind of what where he's had the most success. Right. Like dribble drive. Make you chuckle. Doesn't that make you chuckle, Terrence? Just because like you're in control of that. 
yeah, I think they got caught behind the eight ball because they were like, shit, we got to get old. And then he was getting a bunch of good college players that, that were good in offenses. Like he, he tried something different, didn't really work. And now he's going back to what he's comfortable with. That that was kind of going to be my next point. Like, yeah, you're right. He he was in control of it, but they were getting beat by teams that had a bunch of old guys. So he's like, well, why wouldn't I just go and pick out the oldest guys I can get with the best stats? And you look at some of those guys like, you, you know, Severe Wheeler was really good in a certain system. Like C.J. Frederick was really good in a certain system. Well, you know, some of these different guys like Oscar Sheboy obviously had success, but not necessarily the rim protector that he's had at the five. I feel like this group uh, is more along the lines of what he's used to. And while I don't believe that it'll be the deepest team he's ever had, sometimes that's a positive because now the guys that are in that locker room know who's going to play. And there's not really a whole lot of debate whether this guy should be playing or shouldn't be playing. I came here for this, and then this is happening to me. Like they're getting some three and four star guys here on the back end of this recruiting cycle. And I think sometimes it's not necessarily a bad thing to have a clear pecking order and to have guards that can really create with Wagner and Dillingham. So the, the only thing is they're so young in a college game right now that's really old. That that that's literally my only issue uh with this roster. Yep. And and I do think that there is the foundation for some kind of interesting long-term three and four-year guys in someone like a Reed Shepard and someone like him to do the row and someone like uh Ugana Onyeso, I think is how you pronounce. I always struggle with with uh names. So don't mind me if I got that one wrong. All right. I do want to pivot real quick because I do want to talk a little bit about some of the the most recent transfers. Um, we're gonna get we're gonna get to Javon Quinterly in a second, but we had people in the chat asking about Memphis, and I do think it's interesting to discuss Memphis because they just got a commitment from Jordan Brown. They've gotten a commitment from Caleb Mills, a transfer from uh Florida State, who TO I know you really like. They got a commitment from David Jones, who has been a guy that has averaged double figures in the Big East for two different programs the last two years. And like that's kind of it. They pretty much turned over everything right they got a basically a brand new roster i know that they are in the mix for quinterly but where do you stand right now on this memphis program to since you are the tennessee guy we are teeing you up on this one. First of all you know memphis is memphis let's keep that in mind like memphis is memphis <laughs> and the rest of tennessee is tennessee so oh. um no you know they're good they're old again um Guys, I mean, like, when are they going to take that step? Uh, that's kind of the thing. Are they going to get to the second weekend? I think that'd be great. Um, gosh, it's a lot of turnover. Mikey Williams, you know, is he going to show up? Like, I, I, don't, I don't know what to think about Memphis. It's hard to really think about Memphis a lot of times because you don't really know. I think Jordan <laughs> Brown's a really good player. He's huge. Like, he's huge. He's a good player. He's got good footwork. He saw what he did in the NCAA tournament. He's a solid player. Uh, they added some interesting pieces. Caleb Mills can't shoot outside of 15 feet, but if he gets inside of 15 feet, he's deadly. Uh, there's pieces there. David Jones is a solid player. He's a hard-playing dude. He's kind of along the lines of a DeAndre Williams, just not as big and is not a good shooter. So it's like they're 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 fine again. They're just fine again. So I do think that they need – they could use another piece, and there are rumors swirling about the possibility that they could be getting that other piece in Javon Quinterly. We will see if that happens. Nothing's done. Nothing's set in stone there. Hey, I, I, we just got something in the YouTube chat. If DeAndre Williams comes back, dude, is he coming back? They're they're applying for a waiver right now to try to that get is a, a 17th year. 
He's going to be 27 years old. That is asinine. He's older than Fanta. He is older than Fanta, and he's still playing college basketball. Fanta's been a professional in the sports media business for like seven years, and DeAndre Williams is older than him, and he's going to come back. You know who's praying for this? You know who's praying for it? Shout out to John Martin. Memphis radio host John Martin wants nothing more than DeAndre Williams to come back. Well, you know what? I, He's older it, than Penny. He's older than Penny. Him and Penny were in the same graduating class in middle school. HK, HKN <laughs> Music says DeAndre only played four seasons of college ball. Shut up, man. <laughs> He's 27 years old. Did you just turn DKN's music down? Man, I, I tell you what, his music, I'm sure his music's good, but dude, come on, man. It's he's, not he's, about his age, Terrence. He deserves those seasons like everyone else. Those five, those five seasons. He deserves those five seasons. He's going to be in college for a decade. Oh man! Come on. You know, so they they. I'll be curious, like being in the American. All right, you're, you're kind of uh, you're in an interesting predicament because they add Florida Atlantic. So you're far from the best team in the American. FAU should be a – I mean, right now they're paid to be a top-10 team in the preseason. I think part of that's all the momentum. I don't think they're a top-10 team. Um, I mean, I think they went on a magical run, and so you get pegged there. But they're they're going to be stacked. They're going to be really good. But, like, Memphis, it's, it's interesting because that conference now is kind of a mystery as you get deeper and deeper into it. It's not great. Um, so Memphis is not better than FAU, HKN music. They're not. No, HKN, they're not better than FAU. And there's, and and there's certainly, frankly, they're not tougher than FAU. No. um, And they're not more experienced than FAU. They might be with DeAndre. Do you want want to settle, you want to settle this argument? Who won when FAU played Memphis last year? Yeah. Memphis fans would say we were right. What does FAU, what does FAU bring back? Everything. What is, what is, what does Memphis bring back? Not much. Maybe, maybe an old man. Maybe DeAndre. Maybe thirty-seven-year-old DeAndre Williams. <laughs> you know, I, I I like the transfer hall. I do, and and Jordan Brown was a really nice kid. I mean, that's a guy who averaged nineteen and nine, shot fifty-seven percent last year for a Louisiana program that made the NCAA tournament. Mind you, and he was the key cog to everything they did. Right. Too. So like, yeah, that's a really nice addition. You know, kind of a honestly, it's a it's a it's, I don't think it's getting as much buzz because it's so late. This offseason has never ended. It's never-ending college basketball offseason. There is no such thing. It's late June. It's great for us. We're talking about it all the time. But there, there's always stuff going on. You know, when I look at this hall, like, could Caleb Mills be a guy that, that pans out and delivers and steps up for his team? That's, that's what you're betting on. You're betting on Caleb Mills and David Jones being like, dudes right David and jordan brown Jones. being a dude let me let, let they might be like dudes this. in the american yeah, yeah. Think, yeah think about it like this right let's say they get javon quinterly you got javon quinterly he's 25 years old at the point you got david jones who is i believe going to be in his fourth year in college correct you got caleb mills who is also i believe in his fourth year right transfer from houston to florida state is he a, i think he might be his fifth year because yeah yeah had, so you got you got two old wings right there both of whom can get buckets outside Javon Quinterly, who can really pass, assuming they get Quinterly, right? I think that's kind of where um, the 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 swing here, right? We'll talk about Quinterly in a second. Um, if DeAndre Williams 
ends up getting another year. You put him at the four next to Jordan William at the five. Like, he turns you are seven in October. You got you got a you got a, a lineup whose average age is like twenty three years old that has like roughly twenty five years of college experience combined. That's not a bad team. That's 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 something that could do a lot of a lot of damage in the American. But it's assuming you get Quinterly to commit. And you get DeAndre Williams to get, commit. I want to talk. I was about in my Quinn. I was in my sixth year of professional basketball when I was his age, and I'm not, that's it's true. So, like, come on, man, get, go, go do something. Go do something. That's a little bit of a. I played professional basketball for six years. Look no, but what. come on, I'm but Terrence, no, I'm, I'm Terrence, I'm Terrence, Wait a Terrence, minute, I'm Terrence Oglesby. I played hey, professional dude, like, basketball. Hey, hey, hey. Years, but he me. could go. He could go get a check in Belgium or something. Like, dude, get out of here. It's time. Get out of here. I know Fed, they don't pay as much as FedEx, but like. <laughs> Come on, baby. Let's go. Yo, you d- you didn't have a professional career. No, I didn't. I didn't. You're right. Well, no, you know what it is, Terrence? It's because you lost in Houston at the Papa shot. So now. Dude, yeah, Doster's crew, running with that one, isn't he? Hey, you you want to hear something funny? Me. The comment of the year, the comment of the year in the chat was um Tony Yayo said Doster played basketball, question mark, question mark. And somebody from the field of 68 account responded, not very well. <laughs> I don't know who that was. It was either Dagan or Trevor. Dagan is out here dropping bombs. All right, let's They're talk fired. about Javon Quinley. <laughs> I want to, I want to talk about Javon Quinley because I think it's a really interesting discussion point because he is, he is a grad transfer, right? But he did not announce his intentions to be a graduate until uh, I believe it was June 25th when he actually made the decision. Now there were rumors and there were rumblings and there were assumptions, but he did not decide to transfer until late June. Um, and he didn't need summer credit. Like he was already grad. This wasn't a situation where he was taking summer classes to make sure that he was able to graduate before putting his name in the portal. Are you guys okay with this? Like, is this something where, because I understand both sides of it, right? But are, are are you, are you guys okay with that decision? T.O., you got to look on your face. I'll go to you first. Yeah, I mean, here's my thing. I think it's lost in this whole mess. Like, I think there's a few too many Stetson Bennett's where they go to school for a long time and they don't graduate. Quinterly did his job. He graduated. Now it's his choice to go pick where he wants to go to grad school. I I know I'm kind of going against everything when I say that. However, he did his job. He got his degree. And I'm not – I'm not I guess my, against I guess that. my bigger question is the timing, right? Don't because care. there's the the deadline for uh players to enter the portal that are not grad transfers is I believe May 13th and yeah. he knew that he was going to be a graduate and waited an extra 6 weeks. Do you have do you is that are you good with that? Yeah. Are you I, I don't be, really have much reason why or why not, but yeah, I mean it's fine. Are you going to be okay with a grad transfer that goes on a tour with their team in July? That's uh, messed up. I, I think you should be locked in then. Okay. You should be locked in. Your final roster should be locked in then. Okay. Because they, they don't go in July, do they? They're going first week of August. There, there are some that are going in late July, some that are going. I know that, like, I, I need to get Mike White on the phone, and uh, I am waiting to get him until after they go on their foreign tour from July 20th to July 29th. They're going to Italy, by the way. I'm going to try to find a way to tag along on that trip. Mike. Antonio <laughs> Reynolds-Dean in Italy. I want to see it. Matt, Mike, if you are uh, if you need someone to come along to cover that trip, look, just bring me along. I'll show you all the spots in the Amalfi Coast. It's very nice out there. Fanta, if you have not planned your honeymoon yet, the Amalfi Coast. It's nice. We have planned the honeymoon. Where, Where are you going? going? September 3rd to the 15th or 16th. Rome, Florence, Venice. Oh, 
Good. Oh, great. Look at you. Look at you. Italy, baby. Italy, Italy it's happening. I like it's that. It's happening. We are heading to Italy. So my one request is I want you guys to get creative and do a and do a show while I'm on the honeymoon. And and I want to see which who can fill in and be the guest guest analyst. <laughs> the the guest fana. Fake yeah. fana. We need a fake fana. I think that Kevin Willard's wedding gift to me should be that he has to do an hour. <laughs> Would anyone be able to tell the difference between T.O. and Kevin Willard? On that's a- where the problem <laughs> lies. Like that, that's the problem. You can't do that, and you can't have me and Chris Mack on the same show either. Nope. Because nope. people think like it's that Spider-Man meme where it's like they're pointing at each other. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. That's that's what I want. I want Mac to fill in. Mac, oh, let's get Mac away from the sports books and into the podcast chamber. <laughs> All right. Let me week. let me ask you this, Fanta. When you go, when you do honeymoons, when you do vacations, are you a... well, only this is only my first honeymoon and it will be my only honeymoon. Well, no, I'm saying like when you do vacations, when you do like big let trips, you know what kind of marriage that's gonna be. Would, would, yeah, would my, the, my the dad my, my dad's divorced and remarried when i called him and told him i got engaged he goes this is awesome it's a once in a lifetime moment i thought <laughs> is it twice <laughs> could, could be like my uncle three four five times <laughs> nobody knows what's the most wait wait hold on before you ask me my question what's the most times you've known someone married like like do you have a buddy or somebody that you know that's gotten married three or four times I, none of my uh, yeah, none of my friends have been divorced. Most of my friends like just didn't get married until like the last five years. It's true. Like a lot of my friends waited for a long time to get married. What was your question? When I'm planning honeymoons and vacations. So when you're when you're planning a vacation, are you the kind of person that is looking for just like the relaxing? We're gonna sit at the hotel, we're gonna sit on the deck, we're gonna go out to get a nice meal, or are you the type where okay, we're going to Rome, we got four hours in the morning to see this. We got four hours in the afternoon to see this. We got to check up all the touristy bucket lists. Like, who are you? Okay. So if for a vacation, all right, for a vacation, I am head to the beach, put the phone in the hotel room, keep it in the safe or wherever, and just exit the world and just be on that beach all day. As long as one could possibly be, if there's a bar, get a nice, margarita or uh daiquiri or a pina colada and just hang i'm a low-key vacation guy we did two or three nights in Clearwater back in may literally turned off from the world for 72 hours it was amazing the honeymoon i've never been to italy my wonderful fiance victoria has so she and her last name is rizzo so she wants to show me the country and show me show me things so That'll be a little bit different because I've never been, and I, I'm genuinely looking forward to seeing all the different things and and uh, you know seeing the Vatican and seeing the Colosseum and all all those great things and trying a Florentine steak. Normally for the vacation, I just want totally low key island guy like Terrence down in Atlantis. Is that you, Tio? <laughs> low key is a relative term when you have children. True. Right. I don't so, have kids. Like Loki is uh argue a little bit to see who's gonna take the children. And then <laughs> who, whoever loses that one gets the kids, or whoever wins it gets about 30 minutes before mama's wanted or daddy's wanted. So <laughs> no, I I I'd prefer uh I'd prefer a low-key thing. I, I do like to go out and have a couple beverages, but I is it depends on what the context is, obviously. Yeah. What about producer Trevor? 
Trevor, are you awake? <laughs> what kind of... <laughs> all right since since we're on that topic fanta we discussed this a little bit yesterday we didn't get all the way into it july 4th is coming up it is uh next tuesday so <laughs> as as we're recording this it is six days away i want your like your your ideal you're at a july 4th barbecue what is your what ideal is ideal you spread okay Aaron? so uh, real quick i'm burgers and dogs guy to answer your question the, but I'll never forget my first contract I signed in Naples, Italy, and I lived there for it was all two months, and they started handing out fake checks. <laughs> so we never actually got paid the whole team. I played, uh, we took a boat out to an island that was um, um, Capri. It, we went to Capri. It was me and my buddy. We went to Capri, and uh, <laughs> they can, you can go into this cave where it's like super blue water or whatever. It's like yep. all sweet and romantic. And like I went out there with a teammate, a guy named Dragasad Drobniak, and we didn't know like this was kind of a romantic setting, and like we it was just the weird, most awkward, weird thing ever. But but he needs to go to Capri if he can make his way out there. It'd be great. I've been I've been to Capri. Capri is very nice. It was and it's uh, very expensive. But yes, it's, when it's we went there, nice. it was like I was expecting it to be like this really cool, beautiful, touristy kind of thing. And you walk you walk down the streets, and literally it's just like Gucci store, Fendi store. Prada store, and I'm yeah. just like, I don't think I can afford to be walking. Am I allowed to be on the street? Did you go up to the top? Did you go up to the top of Capri? Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> there you so go. This is, this is my Fourth of July shirt. It's Are got those firecracker fireworks? popsicles. Firecracker yes. popsicles. Bomb pops, man. Bomb pops. What's the firecracker popsicle? Bomb pops. I wear my bomb pops. I've got they the say fire. firecracker on the front of the box. No, they say bomb pops. That's a wild statement. That's not true. What is it? All Go right. ahead. Sorry, Fanta. I, I, I have to put this Can't on. Can't bring T.O. anywhere. <laughs> I got to put this on on the 4th of July. Yeah, you've got to be, you got to do the hot dogs and the hamburgers for the 4th. Although, last year, my future father-in-law deep fried a turkey. I remember you saying that. Yeah. Only I know, I know you're thinking Thanksgiving. You know what? It turned out to work. It is Americana. It's Americana. But you you, you got to grow your hot dogs and your hamburgers. Um, they deep fried some crinkle cut fries as well. Now that's that's what I'm talking about. I love the Fourth of July. Now Peach Jam's happening next week. I'm not sure when you guys are leaving, so I'm traveling on the Fourth of July, which I'm not exactly. Firecracker popsicles. No, they're that's not. Those, those, those are it's the, literally popsicle.com. That's the knockoff version, dude. Popsicle.com. Where do you get those at Aldi? That's at popsicle.com. You get them at popsicle.com. No, that's not. They're called bomb pops. Google bomb pops, then apologize to us, okay? I'm sitting here. I'm looking at the box. I don't know what I don't know what kind of I don't know what you guys do down there in South Carolina, but if you really know it, real ones know that those are bomb pops, not firecracker popsicles. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about I'm sorry about our co-host Fanta. Please finish your. Well, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not sorry. (laughs) I'm thankful. I am so thankful that our eyes have been able to be laid on this amazing photo of this hunk of a high schooler that came out yesterday. Robert Dalster, what year was this taken? 1938? 
I have <laughs> black and I have, white photo of you. It's absolutely <laughs> incredible. Cue it up, Trevor. The mid, the mid part, the flannel <laughs> button down. Like I look so nineties, man. I am just, I'm killing it. I'm killing. It. No one can be more nineties than me. It's Everything's coming. Thing. It's coming back. Everything's coming back anyway. Yeah. Right. It's so you're actually, right you're now. actually, you're actually back in style. It looks like I look like Tom Crane is what I look like with that hair. You, you do go. look like Tom Crane. You do look like Tom Crane. What did this allow you? You actually look like like a character from The Outsiders, or like a uh, like you look like a <laughs> greaser kind of. You 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 look tough. Like, did you did this allow you to get girls? Was this, this a popular was, thing? I think I was I think I was thirteen in this picture. I think I don't know where the per, like the person that found it found it, but I, I'm pretty sure that is my middle school yearbook photo from when is I was it the eight, same hair gel that you have now no that stuff was called la looks that stuff was bad like, i think it gives you cancer <laughs> it's not good i think it gives you cancer I mean, I'm um, not laughing that at. was that was about the same time that i was in a, uh, a punk band in middle school yeah, you guys didn't know that did you oh come on yeah <laughs> called the sugar, televangelistas <laughs> sugar sh- sugar ray and rob doster coming in yeah, hot. pretty much pretty much you were in a punk band yeah did, you play, did you play a did you play an instrument? I definitely wasn't the singer. Were you the drummer? <laughs> I was I played guitar. Ah. Wow. Slap at a bass. Could you Slap get on a, a guitar bass. right now and play? Could you get on a guitar right now and play? Not a lot. I'm no Matt Norlander. Let's just put it like that. Rob's yeah, I, that guy that whenever you're at a campfire with all your buddies, bust out the guitar. That, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> hey, hey, one um, college hoops related nugget. Um, All right. This morning. Yes. Let's talk about that. Paul Mulcahy is on a visit to Xavier. Mm. And there, there's a belief that's growing that maybe Sean Miller could be able to pull something off here. He certainly could use Mulcahy. He, he brought in Quincy Oliveri, who he really likes, and score the basketball at a high level. Brought in Davion McKnight. But I think that the thinking for Xavier, and at least from what I understand, their pitch to Mulcahy is, hey, you could come be that tough Xavier guard that can serve a role, that can start for us, that can come in and set the tone defensively. And, oh, by the way, you want to win at a high level? We went to the Sweet 16 a year ago. So it'll be interesting to see how the Mulcahy recruitment goes. He's still out there. He's a, a notable name. A pass first guy. Xavier Scott scores. Zach Fremantle's coming back. He, there's not a lot of guys that can average around 18 to 20 points a game. And and Fremantle does. Hmm. Hey. Hunter's back. Desmond Claude should take a leap. Watch out here. If Xavier gets Mulcahy, watch out. I have yep. Desmond Claw as one of my breakout players. Did you guys see that the uh the ACC SEC men's basketball challenge? Was yeah. I'm excited 20- about that. I, that one made so much more sense than the ACC Big Ten. Not that there was anything against it. It was just more so like like people in the ACC talk shit all the time about the SEC. People in the SEC talk shit all the time about the ACC. Regionally speaking, they're a little closer. I think it, it's going to be uh, – it's going to make for a, a good um, a good challenge so over two days. Let's roll through some of these matchups. We have LSU at Syracuse, mm. which a little bit of a snooze fest. Missouri at Pitt could be interesting and a good bubble game. Mississippi State at Georgia Tech, snooze fest. Notre Dame at South Carolina, probably a snooze fest. Miami at Kentucky. That'd be a good game. Interesting. Nigel Pack, 
Norchad O'Meara. Yeah. Uh, Wooga Poplar, breakout player. Remember that name? Really good player. Really yeah, good player. Yeah. Hey, South Carolina will be better. They can't be worse. They can't be worse. But they'll be <laughs> they, better. Can't, they can't be worse. That's right. NC State is playing at Ole Miss, and Clemson is playing at Alabama in a game of, uh, what is that, a rematch of the 2021 College Football National Championship? Yeah, and they, they played a couple of years ago. No, wait. They played, what was it, th- two years ago in, in the uh, holiday hoops giving? We used to play Alabama. Both years I played, we played Alabama. But big chance. Big chance. Clemson will be good. Clemson will be good. for a statement win for you. Uh, I love yeah, night two. The, the first game listed on night two, I love. I love this matchup. Go with Ten- it. So night two, Tennessee at North Carolina. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Are the Tar Heels going to put up a show? Are they going to be able to deliver at home in Chapel Hill? Will we see Armando Baycott and R.J. Davis and this new-look core be able to step up? Or will Tennessee just out-tough, out-defend, and have too much for the Tar Heels? I love this game. I really like the next game after that one, too. Texas yeah, A&M at Virginia. That'll be a good game. Buzz has got those guys rolling a little bit. Good, good guard play for the Aggies. Virginia. We'll see. Like uh, that'll be a good game. I kind of think Virginia we're we're sleeping on them a little bit. No one is talking about them at all. And I don't. I don't That's I don't because they sleep. put us to sleep. Not because, not because <laughs> we're trying to. It's just True. they're scoring thirty points a game and they put us to sleep. Yeah, like I don't think that they're winning the uh, the ACC or anything like that. But Free Speakman and Dante Harris is a pretty good backcourt. I think that the guys that the mid majors that they brought in, Jordan Minor was a stud playing for Merrimack, best player in that yeah. conference. Andrew Rody was a. Uh, Average 17 a game as a freshman in the Summit League. Jacob Groves, good high major wing, can shoot it a little bit. Um, Tane Murray, Isaac McNeely, both solid pieces. But the guy to watch out for, T.O., back me up on this one. Ryan Dunn, big-time athlete, big-time player, a guy that I think has a chance to be a uh, a pro down the road. I have him. I have a list of of 11 guys that I think are going to be the breakout stars for this season. I've mentioned two of them already. Ryan Dunn is the third one on that list. I think wow. McNe- McNeely you can throw in there too. Yeah. Uh Ryan Dunn Ryan Dunn might not be he you'll see six or seven a game, I think, the following year. Next year? He's, yeah, he's a year, I think the following year. A year away from being a year away. No, that'd be that'd put him as a senior, wouldn't it? I don't know. I just <laughs> I just like that. No, I think his junior I think his junior year he'll be a really good player. I think this year he'll be long, active defensively, shoot the ball okay. Um Elijah Gertrude's a good player too, but you know freshmen don't typically play, you know, uh, for Virginia. But all right, good. let's let's finish rolling this out. We have uh, Florida at Wake Forest, which could actually be an interesting kind of a bubbly kind of a matchup. Virginia Tech at Auburn, Georgia at Florida State, Boston College at Vanderbilt, in the least exciting game in the history of college basketball. And we can end it with Duke <laughs> is heading to Bud Walton Arena to take on Arkansas in a rematch of was that the ninety four title game grant hill senior year right 94 might, final four might be big nasty uh, corliss williamson that'll shout be out to pat end. bradley yeah it was 1994 very well go. done duke at arkansas well are you you want to be ready for a building that is going to be melting down I mean, oh hell. I, I might try to find a way to get to that game, man. That might be one of the best environments of the season. Duke going into Bud Walton? Come on now. We have Bud never – I've never been down there. Bud Walton? I would love to get to Bud Walton. Yes. That place is rocking on television. All right. What, what's the date? 
uh, Wednesday, November 29th. Yep. Right. If we go down there, I got to make sure to bring, uh, we'll bring Clint Sterner with us. He's the king, yeah. the king of Man, what a nice guy Clint was. Yeah. Man, he was, he was great at Final Four. First he time I, I got to Yeah, yeah, yeah. He joined, he, I don't know how many beers deep he was, but he was outstanding. Yeah. He's, he's, he a, is, he's a tree. I got to send you guys. It's the greatest thing in the history of uh, Shoot Your Shot Productions. He did a read for Manscape. I don't know if I've sent this to you. That is just absolutely unbelievable. I'll tweet it out for the people that are watching right now. I'm going to tweet it out as soon as we're uh, we're done here. And I do believe that we are done. Unless Trevor, you got anything else? You got any other random, embarrassing pictures of me that you found? That it, we're done. Okay, we can go. Listen, this has been fun. This has been the DTF podcast. Uh, it's been a month since we all kind of hung out and, and chatted, and it was the first time that we did this live. Maybe we'll do it again. Maybe we'll uh, sucker. Um, producer Trevor in here to make it happen. But for Terrence Oglesby, for John Fanta, for the one and only Trevor Release, my name is Rob Doster. We'll see you guys again. 